Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host this evening uh, as uh, we talk all things Super Rugby. Uh, we'll have a chat about the uh, Six Nation games that, uh, that have gone on. Uh, we've got a couple of questions from Twitter. I put a tweet out there this morning asking for questions, so we'll answer those. Um, and then there's a few little bits um, of news to um, look over as well. So, Lots and lots to talk about here on New Zealand Sport Radio, on the Drive More Show. Um, this week, as obviously Super Rugby kicks off uh, next weekend, um, looking forward to that one, even though we have already lost one game um, with the uh, Moana Pacifica game against the Blues being uh, postponed um, due to COVID cases within Moana Pacifica. Now, um, I've just been listening to um, SENZ, Ricardo Ball, um, on there with, uh, he's just had his uh, two new shows, uh, which was um, in the red and Pacific Flair. So from 7 till 7.30, he was chatting about uh, Crusaders and then um, half an hour about Moana Pacifica. And uh, they said that uh, on there that it's still unclear, or basically they didn't know um, who the players were that have got COVID. And I think seven players is what have been mentioned. Uh, and uh, also there's no news yet uh, about when their next game will be. It's expected to be round two uh, up against the Chiefs because that game has not yet uh, been postponed. I think that's basically what we're waiting for, aren't we? Um, but hopefully we'll get some sort of news out of Moana Pacifica or New Zealand rugby um, over the uh, the next few days as to how everything is going for them. Uh, it's been a bit of uh, radio science. There was supposed to be a um, media um, call that I was going to go on, but that got cancelled clearly due to, due to the um, uh, the COVID stuff, um, and uh, which is really unfortunate. But hopefully um, we'll hear more from Moana Pacifica as to what is going on there. So at the moment, it's all very, very unclear. Now, I'm um, just going to quick look to see where Mr. Um, Harris is because uh, um, he was, um, uh, he said he's going to join me soon. So hopefully we'll have uh, Stephen um, with me uh, to talk through um, all of um, this stuff. I'll just cover off on a couple of news items um, before then. Um, the uh, Over in the um, the Blackfern side of things, 29 players have now been uh, have been named um, on the uh, contracted for that, which is great to see. It's good to see those 29 
um, have uh, got those contracts. Unfortunately, we still have no news about the fall, about uh, what happened on tour and uh, the investigation into that. As one of the players complained, uh, basically about having a breakdown on tour and the way that she was handled by oh, she was um, handled by the coaches and um, specifically the head coach. That's not been answered yet. I think it's a, which is really a bit of a, uh, a disgrace from New Zealand rugby. They really need to get their act together on that one. It has been way too long, uh, and for him to be involved in that contracting um, sort of um, piece, and uh, whilst that was still hanging over him. All doesn't look good. It doesn't also help that the head of women's rugby has uh, left recently and the um, head of uh, Eleanor Butterworth, who is in charge of um, New Zealand's um, uh, sort of change person, um, looking at uh, basically looking at all those issues that happened when we had that uh, uh, mad Monday with the Chiefs and all uh, and uh, stripper gates and all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, she's also just left as well. So you've got to say uh, what's going on there. Get your act together and sort it out. New Zealand rugby because it's taking way too long. Man who has just jumped in uh, is uh, Stephen Harris. Um, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Paul. Uh, always a privilege and pleasure to be on the show. Sounds like I've <clears throat> missed a little bit of uh, controversy uh, to start the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I just uh, yes, just thought I'd. Uh, touch on the whole thing that's going on the black ferns and the basic point or is, is what's going on in the background but they're just not um giving us any news and if they don't give us any news uh look it doesn't look good and obviously in a year where we're supposed to be getting really hyped about women's rugby um with um super rugby alpaki uh, going ahead which is great to see um and uh, obviously the rugby world cup later this year uh, it was cool to see that um i think it was it was it the all black scrum coach um was up in northland um, working uh, with the uh, with, with the girls up there, which is fantastic to see. Uh, and uh, the player I was talking about who had that member, it was good to see that she was in some of the photos uh, and clearly uh, is amongst Robbie family, which is great to see. Um, so uh, good to see she still enjoys the sport, uh, even if perhaps not the uh, Black Ferns environment. Yes, I did, um, I, I, I did see that, Paul. That, um, um, that's TK Aringamita, who obviously very controversial um, end of season tour last year, and um, a lot, lots been said and and written about it. But uh, listen, yeah, great, great to see Greg Feek uh, take the trip up to uh, to Fonarain. Not only spend a bit of time with the FPC coaches, but also the NPC coaches as well. Great to see these guys getting around. It is absolutely, and that's uh, I mean to see that as well. I mean, the the, the women's um, those contracts players are going to be based in basically Auckland, uh, Hamilton, Wellington, Christchurch. Funnily enough, the uh, the, the centres of the Super Rugby teams, um, but also Tauranga as well, uh, because that's where the uh, Sevens girls are all um, uh, based, and also the Sevens men as well. Um, so those 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 are the centres. So interesting, yeah, Bay of Plenty uh, gets uh, gets a little bit of love as being the only Super Rugby uh, sort of uh, hosting province um, to get uh, to have some some players centred there. Um, Kiora, uh, Nocturnal Rights, great to see you um, live there. Don't forget, folks, you can join us at eight pm every Monday. Um, uh, on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, check out the uh, podcast on um, well, all your favourite podcatchers. Just search Zealand Sport Radio. So, Stephen, um, what rugby do you get up to watching at the weekend? Did you, did you were you on Super Rugby um, pre seasons and uh, and Six Nations, or uh, or was there some actual live rugby you got to? Yeah, well, firstly, I got to a bit of live rugby on uh, on Saturday on the outer ground at uh, North Harbour Stadium. It was the first full weekend or round of the Blues Cup. Um, that's basically the Blues under-20s New Zealand Barbarians team, which is a mixture of of uh, mostly Auckland, Auckland club players. Originally, Auckland were going to put it aside um, in the actual competition itself. There's four teams. But um, 
a lot of those players involved with the Blues under 20. So they've uh, put together uh, a side that's got a, a lot of promising promising players, but also some experienced players um, just to make up that fourth team. And of course, the two northernmost unions, North Harbour, the North Harbour Knights have got a development team. And of course, Northland with their development team. So those two uh, unions took on each other, of course, uh, uh, the home side getting the job done, but it, that was North Harbour's second game and Northland's uh, first game. But some promising signs for the uh, Northland Futures Tarifa uh, side who were down 19 nil at half time, but uh, eventually went down 24 14, I think it was. And in the uh, first game, the uh, Blues under 20s took out the chocolates. I think it might have been about 24 12, something along those lines, about four or five tries to, to two. And both games really entertaining, but I've got to say, Played in very, very humid, windy <laughs> conditions. And thank God for that northeasterly that was coming in, Paul, uh, as you'd be aware up in the 09. And I think across the country we've had that uh, spate of very, very humid uh, weather, but it seems to have dissipated over the last uh, 24 hours. It's actually a little bit cooler, which is quite nice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, my, the, uh, anyone who follows me on Twitter would have uh, seen my tweet saying that basically the, 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 the tops have been ripped off my. Um, uh, my, my firewood store, so I'm having to uh, look at uh, think about how I'm going to rebuild um, that to keep my firewood um, dry because, yes, okay, I'm not in the South Island, but still it gets cold, and uh, having a well, wood fire is uh, is really what uh, keeps me going um, for about um, half of the uh, uh, the season, um, or sorry, half the year. Uh, so yeah, so like, like doing that. Evening to Simon, also is there, talks about the Fiji in live chat chatting about the Fiji and drew a result yet yeah, we'll get we'll talk about that one um there um and uh, um also um the uh yes Scott Gregory uh, having a having a decent game as well mm. so um I think a lot of people have uh, forgotten about him and, and are discounting his, his chance of starting for the Highlanders uh but I think he's in with a good shout of having a a good season um because things are not going all that well for the Highlanders that's uh, to, to be fair um look they've lost um Lenchies already uh, to a, a broken um, a broken hand, and now they've gone and lost Roy Van Voot um, to a broken wrist uh, during the preseason game. Uh, their uh, their injury replacements already getting injured. This is, it's not a good start for Ireland, is it? Is it, Steve? No, not a, not at all. I mean to say, you haven't got to your first full competition game, and all all of a sudden, uh, players are starting to. Uh, to fall over, and 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 usually it's a case where you get hit with positions that uh, that you haven't got a lot of depth. And of course, Rory Van Goot uh, from Southland, um, you know, obviously bought in because he had a reasonably good season with the with the Southland Stags, and then all of a sudden they're scrambling around. I believe Scott Gregory may have actually started on the on the wing. I certainly didn't see the full game, but I did see that he scored a very very good individual try. So uh, um, he may have uh, booked himself. At least to uh, get the, uh, the the one of those wing jerseys for the starting game. Yeah, so uh, so clearly the um, that we need a Fonterra uh, sponsorship of the Highlanders. They need to have some more milk to, to strengthen their bones. Um, as there's been a few broken bones down there recently, uh, uh, having lost already Joni Nariki for the season and Sio Tomkinson, which is why I think they've. Uh, um, Van Voot was, uh, was was brought in. So yeah, it's. Uh, not a great start um, for the Highlanders um, from that point of view. Um, they're in this game of uh, three halves, or which, which of three different teams. <coughs> Sorry, um, losing the first one uh, to the Chiefs five to fourteen. 
Uh, the Chiefs then beat the Blues 17-7, and the Blues lost to the Highlanders 19-21. I must say, I was uh, doing other stuff, so I saw bits and bobs of it, but didn't watch um, uh, the uh, the whole thing uh, of that game, a bit like yourself, Stephen. Uh, now, look, there's an element of you've got to take uh, a, a little bit of a pinch of salt with some of this stuff because not all of the All Blacks are back. Some of them were. Uh, some of them come back, came back a little bit earlier than expected because of the um, – what was I thinking of? I've gone black now. Uh, because of the reason they're down in Queenstown. Um, and so, hence, they haven't got their expanded larger squads uh, down there uh, they've just got uh, their kind of the main contractor squads plus injury replacements. So uh, that's why I think some of the All Blacks got, perhaps had a game a bit earlier than expected. Uh, good to see Sam Kane getting a run out, for example. Um, so, so yeah, so that's uh, – so. but again, those players had been there for less – for about a week, uh, or they arrived sort of the Monday were playing on the Saturday. Uh, so, look, I, I still think there's a lot uh, – yeah, I don't sure there's that much that you can take from all of um, – uh, from, from from all of this one, uh, really. Um, Simon, you think a lot of the All Blacks are missing for the first half of the season? Well, um, obviously we've got we've got players who are missing for the first three weeks. We've got uh, two of them um, that, uh, or one of them that seems to mind. Obviously, uh, is uh, Rich Mwanga for the Crusaders. Um, and I think also was it Blackadder has been as is got is carrying injury at the moment. Has been left um, back in um, uh, back 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 in uh, Christchurch. Um, to re to rehab for the first three weeks, um, but uh, I don't think there's that many other All Blacks missing for the first half of the season, Steve. No, not not really. But I suppose with the spate of injuries, it'll probably force a couple of them maybe to come back early, unless uh, um, the head coach Foster basically says no. This is what we've put in place for these guys, and you'll just have to uh, look look more to your depth. I mean, I say I spoke about. Watching the Blues under twenties, and of course the Barbarians on the weekend. I've got to be honest; I probably saw, I didn't see many players there that were up to super level, but I'm I'm pretty sure this is where your your wider training squads come into play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm saying a lot of people, a lot of people upset the All Blacks are playing in the first round. Yeah, I, it's. I guess some people, from, from a player welfare point of view, look, you've you've had a week and a half, two weeks at most uh, preparation going into a game. That's uh, that's not um, a lot. Uh, around uh, that so, so to, go, to go in there to go full contact and full pardon me uh, and uh, yeah into, into full competitive uh, rugby from uh, from that point of view as we're talking about the Crusaders um, I, I spent uh, I had a little ch chat with um, um, Roberto Ball uh, Roberto Ball the right name that's Roberto Roberto something like that gone blank um, on SENZ yes on his on his uh, on, on his show uh, Ricardo Ball, yes. And, um, Ricardo Ball, not Roberto. Ricardo Ball, um, and uh, had a um, so I had a chat with him on uh, on SCNZ. Maybe it's about Six Nations, and but we, we did touch, touch on some Super Rugby as well. Uh, and he was talking about the slow start uh, that Crusaders have. And you're like, at the time, I didn't have the facts at my fingertips, but it felt kind of wrong. Um, so I had a quick look at that one. I've also messaged him back to let him know what the what the real situation is. And uh, yeah, he's he's like, yep, got that wrong. Um, the last time the Crusaders lost their opening game of Super Rugby was 2016. Um, and uh, what was special about 2016, Stephen? What was special about 2016? Oh, good. I, I can't tell you. Remind me. It was the last season that Todd Blackadder was in charge. Wow. So there you go. So basically every every year under Razor, they have won their opening game of the season. 
Um, and if they did have a bit of a reputation at the top, Blackadder of starting slowly, uh, they even lost to the Rebels at home one year uh, in their opening game of the season. So um, it gives you an idea is that the, yeah, the difference in coaching there that Razor has his, has his team up and running early. But I must admit, if I was trying, if I was playing the Crusaders, I would want to get them in week one or two before Richard Moanga comes back, put bluntly. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I'd want them as early as possible without him. Uh, so I do think that they could pick up, that, that, that they could be vulnerable in those early games. But uh, it's amazing how a, um, a cliche or a reputation, more, more than, yeah, a reputation more than, more than a cliche, a reputation clings to somebody or clings to a team long after it's uh, actually not true anymore, Steve. Oh, yeah, very, very much. So. I suppose it's all about what you, what you do at the end of the season, and not so much at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Beginning of the season, Paul. That's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, I was going to say you mentioned before Sam Kane. It just goes to show even the All Black captain doesn't get a free ride because uh, I believe Paul Williams <laughs> gave him a yellow card at him. So obviously these guys are are, are playing for keeps. And um, I'm pretty sure if they were in, you know, these aren't exactly simul simulated games. Uh, they are they are playing for real, even though there's no points up for grabs. But it just shows uh, the the uh, officials are, not, are certainly not uh, straying away from their jobs. It's good to see. Yeah, it is. I got to. I, I, unfortunately, I missed the um, post match uh, Zoom call for the Chiefs with uh, which had Sam Kane um, and uh, Clayton McMillan um, on there. But I did get the recording, so I've had a, had, had, had a listen to it. Sorry, I've not put that out as a podcast, folks. Um, when I'm involved in them, I'll try and put them out as podcasts. When I think there's something interesting from or interesting to listen to on the full thing. Um, this one, it wasn't particularly interesting. Lots of very generic, how do you think things are for the season? Uh, how excited are you? How are you handling uh, being down in Queenstown? They're all pretty boring questions. So I didn't want to I didn't put that out as, as a podcast, folks, um, for supporters of the show. Um, but... Um, Having uh, listened to that, the one big thing that came out of it was that uh, Clayton Miller is still following through. Uh, and something that he said in a few shows now is that, or a few, sorry, a few interviews now, not shows uh, that I've been on, um, is around how they're trying to make this into a, uh, basically a tour. Um, so uh, a bit like when teams would go on a tour to Australia and South Africa and Super Rugby, they're trying to treat Queenstown in a similar sort of vein uh, as a kind of tour for the team down there. Uh, and that how that those tours actually can bring a team together really well. And, and uh, for players that don't uh, that haven't met before, don't know each other, for the new guys in there, uh, it's a good way of getting introduced um, to each other. So, uh, look, it, I think the teams that will go well early on down there will be the teams that see it as an opportunity, um, not as a problem. Uh, and also, um, there is uh, uh, these these organisations are not big organisations. Right. The, uh, the 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 whilst they have a lot of players, the back office is very small. And I'll tell you, the team managers will have been earning their keep. But I bet you that the lady who or, or, the, or the guy who normally organises selling of tickets, they will have been organising all sorts of stuff they never normally have to do. And I think you'll find that the, the back office that has got their act together and creates an environment down there good for the players uh, and is also looking after the far now back home. Um, is this is the is the club or is the team that will go well? And I think you'll learn whilst we won't sort of explicitly see it. I think we'll learn a lot about the back office of these organisations during these next three weeks. Oh, very much so, Paul. Um, something that's of interest interest to me. I think for a lot of these, a lot of these players, some of them will be asking the question, 
what are these long bus trips that you speak of? Um, uh, it, it's it's definitely a, a, a throwback. Anybody who's sort of been around rugby for a while, like myself, can recall many years ago where a lot of the provincial teams around New Zealand basically used to bus everywhere. And if it was a six-hour bus bus trip from Auckland down to Taranaki, it is what it, it is what it was at that particular time. So. Um, you know, keeping these guys uh, amused, but I think it's not going to be a great time to, to basically to, to bond. You know, even even it is. I believe it's around about a three three hour bus trip from from Queenstown to uh, to um, to Dunedin, and it's a trip that they're going to have to do do once once a week. But I'm saying that listen, they're only really it's only for a month at this stage, isn't it? Port first three rounds. Um, it's only first three rounds, yeah. Yeah, and it's so, only so it's, it's also only the night games, right? The day games are being held in Queenstown, so it's not all the teams that are going to be having to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, this I've actually not got the fixture in front of me. I was looking at the preseason fixtures there. Um, so, say so it's not all the teams that are going to have to do it anyway. So don't. So, so it's not like it's as. as um, uh, let me see if I can try and uh, pull up who will be on the the bus trips um, this weekend. So, for example, Chiefs Highlanders um, four thirty five kickoff. So they will be playing in. Uh, Queenstown, uh, Crusaders, Hurricanes, seven seven o'clock kickoff. They will be the two teams that are having to go on um, the uh, the booze cruise, um, as, as nocturnal rights is kind of calling it, uh, to, to to Queenstown. Uh, look, um, I, and uh, Jamie Wall has has, has, has tried uh, having a few questions at, uh, at Clayton McMillan around this round. Yeah, is is there, is there going to be competition to get the back seats? Um, and he's making it sound like it's um, effectively like 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 a school trip, uh, where you're expecting all these like uh, um, twelve and thirteen year olds trying to get well, back to so they can wave at the uh, wave at the truck drivers behind them. Paul, Paul, I was going to relay a story I heard about the uh, the, the North. Well, back then, before they were North and they were North Auckland, but they took the Ranfurly Shields off uh, Auckland at Eden Park, 1971. Now, for most of us, the drive between Whangarei, Auckland, and Whangarei is a Back in those days, was about a two a two hour drive, but I believe it actually took twelve hours. So uh, there might have been one or two stops on the way back to uh, to Fongaray. and um, yeah, they weren't they weren't they weren't parking up at um, uh, side parks on at side benches or anything like that. But I have a few some of the local establishments stayed open a little bit late that night, Paul. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure they did. I think in club rugby, obviously it doesn't happen in Auckland because um, as such, but uh, you get down to Thames Valley here and uh, in Waihi, we are the southernmost team um, and um, uh, um, Mercury Bay is our northernmost team. And that is not a fun um, uh, um, bus trip, I can tell you. It does take like, well, yeah, best part of three, four hours um, each way uh, to go and uh, yeah and, and, and play a rugby game. So, yeah, I'm... Um, uh, that's that's one that I kind of uh, volunteered to cover the bees at home um, with the with the camera uh, to try and avoid that because that is you know, it's, it's a very windy trip as well. They, they didn't offer a helicopter helicopter trip for the immediate men, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately not. No, no, no. Uh, but um, next time maybe I'll tell one of the players they have to get injured at the end, and we can get a helicopter trip back uh, with the yeah, air ambulance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I was asking whether they'll be moving any of the Super Rugby, they're moving one of the Super Rugby games Saturday. No, I don't think they. Uh, sorry, from Saturday to Friday, um, not that I've seen. I've not heard anything about moving games. Um, I think it's just going to be uh, uh, postponed um, before that one. Um, 
Yeah, so we had a quick run through of those. The Chiefs obviously doing well in the, uh, the preseason um, games uh, there. Um, the Crusaders took on our I'm trying to find the um, results again now. Um, yeah, Hurricanes, yeah. Hurricanes uh, and uh, the uh, and the the Hurricanes got up in that one. Um, there, so uh, so well done to them. I'm not sure there's that much we can read into it. Uh, and the Fiji and Drua um, also got up as well. And I can't find the results. Sorry, um, and got a win um, up there. So um, so well done to to them uh, heading into their opening game against the Waratahs this weekend. Now let's be honest, the Waratahs didn't have a cracking season last season. So um, it's a good start for the um, the Fiji and Drua. Could they cause an upset on Friday night in the opening game soon? Well, that, well, that's a that's a pleasing thing. We, you know, we we were at Mount, we were at Mount Smart um, uh, a couple of weekends ago, and we saw we saw um, MP play the Chiefs in their first game. And it's fair to say that they struggled and and really didn't look like well, they 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 was they were sort of competitive, but at the end of the day, the the, the final score really told a told told its own tale, shall we speak? Um, that result on the weekend, a 28-26 warm-up win against the Rebels, is, is is nothing to be sneezed at. You know what it pretty much shows is, hey, we've got a we've got a competitive squad, and I think they'll play some really really good rugby. It's just when they get into the white white hot battle pool of of, of basically set piece play, game management against the better sides, hence like the Brumbies and the and the Reds. Although the Reds are, are struggling to buy to buy a preseason win. At the moment, so yeah, interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how they go. I think they will be competitive, Paul. Um, whether they'll be a team that'll be at be be around at the pointy end, I I'd say not. Okay, then, I, Stephen. I'm going to um, well, well, let's get uh, let's do predictions for round one then. Um, so, Waratahs versus the Fijian Drua. There. Um, Look, Waratahs not particularly good last weekend. Uh, sorry, last season. Um, I think they've had a couple of injuries as well. But Hooper is back, isn't he? Um, so Hooper's there. Um, Jamie Roberts, obviously of uh, British and Irish Lions and Welsh fame, um, is also there. Um, he this, he'll have now played in Wales, England, France, South Africa, and now Australia as well. So wow, he's a, a well journeyed fellow. Um, uh, you've got to say. The, the the greater experience within Super Rugby for means that the um uh, the, the, the Waratahs are going to this as favourites, um, but I'm not. I don't think they'll be uh, in in a, in a big um, big margin. I go Waratahs just by three points in that one. Wow, you're going that close. I'm going to go the other yeah. way. I from what I believe they've recruited and and you mentioned um, one of their recruits before, <clears throat> and I think having Hooper back on back in the back in the team, I think he'll. Just with his leadership, and also the way that he that he performs on the field, I think he'll take this Waratahs team to another level. I think they'll win this quite comfortably, twelve and over. Um, on to uh, Saturday then, and we've got the Chiefs versus the uh, Highlanders. Um, the uh, Chiefs, well, look, clearly they've started well with their um, preseason games. Uh, they were one of the form teams um, last year as well. Uh, the Highlanders, a couple of injuries. In there, so I'm backing the, uh, the the Chiefs to win this one. Um, I'll go by ten. I'll, I'll go along with you, Paul. In fact, um, I'm going to put it all on the line now. I'm picking the Chiefs to go through, and uh, they will be a finalist in the 2020 22 uh, uh, Super Rugby. 
I'm, they weren't I think in they're... they weren't in 2020 without the time machine. Oh, that's um, really, yeah, <laughs> one of the year I just lost count. <laughs> this year's this this year's playoffs. They'll be there or thereabouts. Put it that way. Maybe even a finalist. Um, the uh, then we've got the Crusaders versus the Hurricanes. Now, as I said before, under Razor, the Crusaders have never lost their opening game. However, without Richard Moanga, um, I'm going to back the Hurricanes by three. Um, I'm actually going to go to the other way. I um, I know the, the Hurricanes got that win the other day, but the, the Crusaders had a very, very B, B look about them, and I still think they've actually got enough quality to get across the line. Although, like you say, the scary thing is maybe some of their key All Blacks, um, I don't believe Sam Whitelock is, is playing either. Is that, that correct, Paul? Uh, I've not heard about that one, so I don't know. Um, that'll that'll be the interesting one. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Crusaders, but I wouldn't surprise me if it went the other way. But for the sake of picking a team, I'll go Crusaders by eight points. Eight. Wow. Um, look, eight, and, and even if they're missing someone, they've still got Scott Barrett, Mitch Tunshay, Zach Gallagher, and also and, and Quinton Strange. Look, they've still got already got they've still got three very good Super Rugby. Um, play uh, uh, locks there, so not, not, they're not they're not short of, of, of class. Um, to round things out on Saturday, so three games back to back, we've got the Reds versus the Rebels. Look, the Reds may have dropped off a cliff uh, when it came to Super Rugby Trans Tasman, but that's because they had reached their big goal they've been shooting, shooting for for a number of years uh, by winning Super Rugby AU, and essentially they were just hung over for the next uh, next well five six weeks. Uh, which that tournament uh, took place in, um, if not uh, from alcohol, just emotionally hungover, uh, emotionally drained for that one. So um, having had a proper off-season now, I'm expecting the Reds to come back like they did in Super Rugby AU, not, as, not Super Rugby TT, uh, and I'm um, expecting the Reds to get a comfortable win over the, over the Rebels, um, maybe as high as 15 points. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be a little bit more conservative. I think eight points. Um, and then to finish things off, we've got the Brumbies versus the Western Force. Um, now, I've been kind of positive about the West, uh, feeling kind of positive about the Western Force for this one. Uh, but then again, they just lost the Drew, didn't they? Um, I think you just said, was it uh, that they, they had that, that, that preseason? Um, so, um, the Rebels. Uh, Rebels. 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 Okay, good. So, uh, look, I'm, I've been kind of feeling positive about the Western Force. Look, last year they, were, they had about a month to put together a team. This is the first year they've had. To have a proper preseason, properly put a team together um, for this competition. I'm expecting a better performance out of the Western Force. Sure, it's not the names in the same way with Rob Kearney, etc. But um, I do think it's actually probably better, uh, a, well, a better fit, fitted team um, than that. Still, the Brumbies uh, are one of the top teams in Australia, so I'll go Brumbies by five um, as they're at home um, on on that one. Um, but I say I'm expecting a, a much improved. Western Force this year. Yeah, I go along. I go along with that. I don't think it'll be one-sided by by any stretch. And if you think back to last year, um, the Force pushed the Brumbies even at home very, very hard. And I think they're a little, probably a little bit unlucky to come out the uh, on the um, on the wrong side of the ledger in uh, that particular game. But they were they were competitive for a long period, if my memory served me right but uh yeah i'll go with the brumbies the brumbies will want to start well so there you go folks that's how we see things going um we'll uh look at some 
probably after the Crusaders Hurricanes. Uh, well, just uh, before I before I promise to any any post match reactions this weekend, I need to see which where I am, whether I'm up in uh, at uh, my mates cutting out, out out toys during the daytime, or whether I'm here uh, in um, in Whitey. If I'm, if I'm here, we'll try and get at least one um, post match reaction um, for you guys on the uh, the channel. So don't forget to subscribe. Uh, and follow and all of that kind of wonderful stuff. Um, as we do, always do at this time of year, we get sort of fun articles online um, from, uh, from from various uh, outlets. And looking at stuff, they had their burning questions, uh, which I thought was uh, kind of amusing. And they want to come up with which New Zealand coach is under the most pressure going into the season. And I'm looking at it thinking none of them. Are actually under pressure of 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 losing of, of their jobs. I don't think uh, Clayton's had a good year and has just been has just been uh, resigned to this one. Um, I don't think um, that um, uh, that at the Blues that uh, Leo McDonald is is under any kind of uh, pressure at all. I mean, sure, if he came last in the competition, there might be some, but uh, people are positive about how he's running things. Clearly, Razor um, is the uh, anointed next All Blacks head coach, so clearly he's as safe as houses. Um, Tony Brown is one of the uh, what, attacking minds of his generation, um, uh, um, a bit like a Wayne Smith. So I don't think he's under any, anyone. The only one that I think could be under any kind of pressure is um, is Jason Holland. But I think everyone accepts that he just doesn't have the cattle that the other teams do. Yeah, got to got to got to agree with that. <clears throat> You'll probably get a you know he's he's probably in a no he's probably in a no win situation. I think everybody. It's got a fair idea that they're, they're probably the team that's been coined to probably be the <clears throat> to finish at the bottom of the table in terms of the New Zealand teams. Maybe them or the or the Highlanders. Sorry, nocturnal rights. Um, you probably never never want to uh, talk to me ever again. Um, but if, you know, and if he does if he does have a bad season, he's probably going to get criticised. Um, it's it's just it's just one of those things. It just comes down to the end of the day. You're right. He just hasn't got the kettle. Um, there's been a lot of talk about their their tight five. That tight five is going to have to have to perform. They've got got some good outside backs. Whether they can put it together, it's hard to see. Uh, absolutely, so it's just something to get in the platform. Um, Simon Hughes says, can't remember who the last coach was fired in Super Rugby New Zealand. Right? Maybe not mid-season, but Warren Gatland was the last coach to get fired in New Zealand before wow. him. Um, Tanner Amanga, uh, let's be honest, he um, got put down into uh, assistant head coach, um, out of the head coach role. Um, and JK, uh, also at the Blues, was uh, he wanted to renew, but they went, no thanks. That's effectively getting getting fired. So coaches do get fired. Um was it uh, – uh, who was the guy at the Hurricanes who um, chucked out – Mark Hammett. Mark Hammett, uh, another one, yeah, was um, was, was, was basically um, goodbye. Thank you very much. Um, so, look, there's been, there have been a number of coaches who have uh, uh, who have lost their job quicker than uh, than they'd like. Um, I mean, even Colin Cooper um, would have, I think, uh, would have felt he didn't uh, get a proper stab at the, at the Chiefs' job because of injuries while he was in charge. So I think there's plenty of, of, of guys who have um, – Okay, not basically fired, but have been asked to um, have, have sort of been asked to sort of walk out the door. And I know there's been a few at the Blues, put it that way. Uh, uh, Paul, I think uh, Pat, like Pat Lamb. I don't know if he was fired. I know he got that opportunity over 
overseas at, at Bristol, but on on saying that, I know that he he sort of had his had his issues, and there was a he was certainly put under the spotlight by the media in his time um, with the Blues. I can you can even think back to somebody like Jed Rollins, um, who was the Taranaki NPC coach, who pretty much jumped from NPC coaching NPC Taranaki to. Uh, to coaching the Blues, and um, I think he may have even had one Joe Schmidt as his assistant coach at, at the time. Well, of course, um, they just didn't come up with the results, and it's just one of those things, Paul. I, I think there's a lot of expectation when you look at the player base in the Auckland, Auckland area. Um, so with that expectation, boy, you've got to be on your game. And I think with Leon McDonald, I think winning... Trans-Tasman or Super Rugby Trans-Tasman last year probably stamp, put, a, put, a stamp in, put a little stamp in his coach's book for another year or two. Yeah, I, um, uh, uh, Simon says that don't be, um, that don't be silly, um, uh, Warren got promoted to uh, Director of Rugby. I, um, I, okay, uh, he, was, he was on a big contract, they can't afford to pay him out. Um, the, they realised that they had the, the right guy for the job in the head coach role. Um, and they worked um, with Warren to find something else that he could do. But he but um, he lost the job that he was paid, that he was hired to do. Let's be, um, uh, let, 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 let's, let's, let's be honest um, on that one. Uh, look, I think the way that he's gone about it shows great maturity um, from Warren Gatland. Uh, the fact that he has, that, that, that they have a harmonious relationship there. Um, He's working, uh, helping out on the defence side of things, coaching. Um, so I think I'd say there's, 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 there's some fantastic maturity from Warren and Clayton uh, and the Chiefs organisation. But um, yeah, but Warren did lose uh, lose the job he was hired for uh, at the end of the day um, on that one. Um, the so yeah, so I just thought that was a bit of a, a bit of a um, bit of a fun one to, um, to 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 have the to have a chat about. Um, uh, so I mentioned yeah, that the Aussie co- uh, coaches could be uh, under more pressure. Yes, exactly. And we've seen that last year with the uh, what the Waratahs, who was Waratahs, there, yeah. uh, Daryl um, Gibson, Daryl Gibson, who was there at um, at, at the Waratahs, uh, basically given a smaller budget than all the other guys, and then got told you've lost your game, so off you go. <laughs> well, they're harsh, um, but there you go. So um, yeah, there's a bit more ruthless um, over in Australia. Um, and just yeah, perhaps uh, uh, on that side of things. But then again, uh, Daryl Gibson didn't have the best of seasons when he came over to um, uh, to the MPC, did he? So hmm, maybe there are some some question marks there. We'll see. Maybe he'll turn things around at Bay of Plenty next year. Um, it's, uh, I've not heard that he's changing. Um, so um, and uh, uh, so, uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, we'll, we'll see um, how he goes um, on that one. Um, yeah, right. Basically, wraps up most of our Super Rugby stuff. Um, there, anything else um, on the uh, on the Super Rugby side of things, Stephen? No, not not at all. But I'm, something I am a little a little bit curious. It's just in and around the rules that they'll be playing with. Will there be the goal line dropouts? And, yes. Um, and also the 50, 20s They will be playing yes. under those rules this year. Yeah, that's pretty sure that's, they are on those two. The one that I'm not, I, I, that I don't know they'll be whether they'll be doing or not. Um, that I've not heard heard on is uh, the extra time because mm. both Super Rugby AU and Super Rugby uh, Altera had that uh, had a kind of golden point um, when there's a draw at the end of, end of time. 
Uh, now, I don't know if we will have um, that situation for, uh, well, um, if we'll have that for this one, pardon me, uh, and if we do, how? Because um, New Zealand was super, was uh, was golden point, whereas Australia was golden try. Um, so we'll have to see which one there. Um, and the other one that we had last year that I'm not sure about is the red card 20-minute sin bin, whether they'll have that one or not. We'll, we'll, we'll check on that over the next next week or so, Paul. But well, I think we'll get a bit of an inkling after this uh, first round on the weekend. Now, um, the other thing that's an interest to me is how the players, <clears throat> if they are using the 50-22, if they'll utilise it a lot more. Because we didn't see it a lot in play during NPC, Paul. I, I thought it was underutilised. Absolutely. And it was a cracking one at the weekend um, by a Welsh um, I think it was a Welsh uh, lock. Um, or was it an Irish lock? One of the two. Um, no, Irish. I, I'll tell you who it was. It was Tag, it was Tag Furlong. Yes, um, okay. Yeah. So Irish prop, um, who did a cracking one. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's something we see, I've seen more in the uh, Six Nations games than I've seen in the entire, and that's only had two rounds, uh, than the entire season we had last year over here and uh, down, down, down south. So, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, yes, I think they probably will do. Uh, I think they'll probably have got used to it more. I was going to say, Paul, I think he's going to live off that for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fantastic. Anybody who hasn't seen it, it was just sheer genius because he. Um, I don't. I don't think he really knew what he was doing. He just put. He just put a kick set. He just had to thread it through about three or four players, and it did a uh, what 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 he called it. It did a uh, a leg spin towards the touchline. Absolute genius. Yes, it was. A, it was a, a kick downfield that got lucky. Let's be blunt. Nocturnal um, <laughs> rights is saying uh, picks for breakout stars. Um, so if we think about that, then uh, if we look at something like. Um, uh, the uh, the Blues, um, they're look. They've got a pretty settled side from last year. Um, so um, can, could RTS be considered a breakout star? Um, uh, there, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, so I, I, with with their settled side, it's hard to see the Blues having space for a breakout star. Unless of course, might maybe Zan Sullivan might get a go at fullback, um, or. Or maybe uh, Ratamayvuki Nepkins, if he gets uh, a little yep. bit of game time out on the wing, he's certainly a, a, a possibility. Problem for him, um, if you're probably picking your two best wingers, you'd probably be looking at 
Mark Talia and um, and Caleb Clark, I would imagine, would be the starting wingers for the Blues. So yeah, there's nobody, there's nobody that really, really uh, comes to mind. Suwani Vakana, the the, um, the Blues under twenty hooker, but how much game time will he get behind uh, uh, Kurt Eglin? So yeah, there's no obvious standout. Paul, I I got to agree with you there. Yeah, they've got two set on the side. Um, coming into the uh, the, the the Chiefs. Um, um, I guess the, the one player um, here um, in Cortez Ratima might get a good shout. Uh, depends on how much time he gets again. Uh, him and Xavier Rowe have been sharing the game time uh, at some Waikato. I think Xavier Rowe uh, will be considered a breakout star last year rather than this year. Um, so, um, so I think it'll be a bit... Um, so again, you're looking around going, well, where is there space for a breakout star to actually play? Um, and again, I don't think there is really... Uh, I mean, Ammonia um, Nora, um, the, uh, because he was played under Clayton at the Bay of Plenty, might get a chance in that back three. Didn't really get a chance at the Blues where he was being contracted for the past two years. Uh, so I think he might be the only guy there personally uh, as a breakout. Yeah, that's that's a that's a problem for these young promising guys. I, I think there's an opportunity for some players who are who are basically like fringe fringe all blacks or may have played their first test. For example, I'm talking about Somasoni Takiaho and um and also Quinta Pyre to actually re-establish themselves as as top international players. You know, you think of somebody like Gideon Rampling, but how much game time, unless he's an injury, he's pretty much sitting behind yeah, Quintu Pye, Anton Leonard Brown, and uh, Ryan Nankerville. I, I think he's probably sitting Alex. behind all those guys. Yeah, Alex Nankerville. Yeah, not Ryan. Is Ryan the no, dad? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Golden Oldies might be behind Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, Nankerville. yeah, could, um, could be. You're right. <laughs> Change your position as well. <laughs> um, the uh, so yeah, so that, again, it's difficult to see anyone there. Heading on to the Crusaders. Um, I mean, I mean, rookie of the year there is going to be Pablo Matera, um, which again uh, is, is is because if you think about who who won the rookie of the year for the for the um, for the Highlanders, it was their experience. Is their it was their their multi-capped Japanese international number eight. Um, so again, you're looking around, going, okay, where is there space in this side um, for 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 a, for a breakout player? Again, that back line is entirely settled, um, as is. So, so it's not going to be anywhere in the backs. Um, and again, you look at the forwards and go, well, um, they've only got three um, All Blacks uh, experienced um, locks. And the other one has uh, actually four of them have been called up to the All Blacks. Um, so again, I think Tamati Williams, has he, yeah. uh, did he get a breakout last year? Maybe oh, this year. Or I don't know oh, if you count that as yeah. a breakout. Yeah, I was going to suggest uh, Tamati Williams or even Fletcher Newell. Who was? I think he was the player of the of the tournament for the in the under nineteen tournament the year that uh, Canterbury took out the uh, under nineteen title. So yeah, if the, if there is, are any kids to break out, it's it, it's it's those two um, because I think they will get a reasonable amount of game time. Yep. Uh, yeah, agreed. I think uh, the, the same place I can see them getting uh, one coming into the Highlanders. End. Now this is the only play. This is the team where you've got a bit more chance of getting game time. Let's be honest. Um, and part of that is down to the fact of injuries, as we've already said in that back in that back division. Um, there, uh, so. Um, but again, uh, 
is it more? I mean, is it more that Solomon Alamalo uh, came back for his, his uh, mental health issues? Um, Cotton Garland Bashup. Um, is it more about those guys uh, sort of re-establishing themselves? As you're talking about there with, uh, with with some of the players from the Chiefs. Um, more than necessarily probably having a breakout guy uh, in um, uh, the Hollanders. Um, uh, the um, but uh, Veroniki Tikuna uh, Solomono Solomone um, is the um, uh, is a name that has been talked about as as uh, as having a really good a good opportunity. Um, is he the person from um, uh, the player that was with with Tasman? With, uh, I, I, think with Taran- I think he was with Taranaki. Um, him, him and uh, Ratamaifuki Nipkins were the, the 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 two wingers, and I think there might have been Kenny Naholo as well, who was running around for yep. uh, Taranaki as well, who's gone to the Crusaders with his brother, um, Waisaki Naholo. Yeah, I mean, his problem is, is going to be, well, A, that the Crusaders are stacked with outside backs and B, um, just staying injury-free. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so he's he's one there. Um, I mean, there's, there's a possibility of um, somebody from outside the squad getting opportunity at lock with uh, Perry Perry Parkinson out for the season already. Um, uh, how, how long can Bryn Evans keep playing for? Will he survive the whole season uh, so maybe they'll be a bit thin there and someone could come from nowhere a bit like a Josh Lord did last year with the um, with the Chiefs um, so yeah those uh, there might be an opportunity there uh, a spot there for somebody yeah, oh very much so there's like a few players that come to mind I just had a quick look at their uh, their team sheet for this year I suppose something like somebody like Ethan De Groot um, who made the All Blacks last year. We didn't see a lot of Ethan in that um, All Black team, but I think he, he's a player, as we spoke about, uh, Samasoni Takayaho before. Here's an opportunity for Ethan DeGroot to, to establish himself, maybe as as one of the top uh, loot. I think, I'm just trying to think if he's a loose, he, I think he's a loose head prop, Ethan DeGroot. So an opportunity to establish himself in that position. A couple of other players I'm really um, keen also to look at Mosesi Dawai, who had his moments for um, for Waikato in the in the NPC. I think he's a, a winger that's on the rise. So speaking of wingers that are, you know, obviously they've had injuries down at the Highlanders. And the other player who really interested me last year playing for Otago in the NPC, and that was simply because of his actual size, was Fabian Holland, who's been brought into the squad at six foot eight. Looks a heck of an athlete. The only thing he's probably got against him, I think he's only about 19 or, or 20, Paul. So very, very young in, this, in, in the scheme of things. But boy, in terms of physical attributes, he's got it all. Um, yep. Uh, and then finally, the, the, looking at the Hurricanes squad um, through there, um, uh, is, is there a possibility of someone like Justin... Um, Sangster at, at lock, could he come through, uh, have a chance? Um, yeah, looking at um, the the back division, and again, uh, look, it's it's stacked with experienced players already. Maybe a Balen Sullivan who's come down from yes. from Waikato. Uh, he's got he he could he can have a breakout year um, there with with him, or maybe an Aiden Morgan uh, if someone like Ruben Love and Jackson Gunbash get injured. Uh, then he could have a, he, he's got an opportunity at, uh, uh, in that 10 jersey as well. So uh, I think the Highlands and Hurricanes have got more opportunity for players to come through um, and uh, uh, and have breakout years. Oh, it's like, I think there's a I think there's a few kids in here that will see for the for the very very first time. Listen, we 
we've seen some bite-sized um, examples of somebody like Braden Yosse, who's a who's an outstanding number eight and, and has got a lot of speed off the back of the scrum. Uh, a kid that I'm interested in, he's part of this part of the Hurricane squad, is Ty, Tyler Lubbershire out of um, Palmerston North Boys High. Didn't didn't actually play for the uh, for the uh, Turbos in, in 2021 because he was injured most of the season, but he's just a, a real talent. The problem for Tyler is he going to get a lot of game time with the likes of um, Braden Yosse and and um, a lot of the least forward covers, um, Adi Savia. TK Howden is another interesting player as well, big rangy number six. So, yeah, in their, in their loose forwards, they've definitely got some guys who can – who can who could maybe come through as a as a rookie, but for me, the one I'm looking forward to watching the most. And we also once again saw little bite-sized lumps of what he's capable of in 2021. Is uh, Ruben Love? I, I, I want to see more of him. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that, in those loose forwards, you've got Ardi Surveyor, who obviously is being named captain. Um, Devin Flanders has been has been cracking at eight. Oh. Uh, you've, I mean, we've got Reed Princep. Um, to police Karifi, uh, so you, you, there's um, there's uh, then you've also got Blake Gibson down there. So there's four or five established, well, all black slash um, super rugby players to get through before these guys get an opportunity. So they're an injury or two away, unfortunately, um, for them. Uh, but hey, who knows? Perhaps they can. I mean, uh, like this, we've got that um, uh, the German fellow at um, uh, the Blues, for example. He's been brought in now. Uh, the Crusaders were sad to lose him. Uh, and obviously coming out of um, uh, Tasman, um, I think he is. Uh, so, um, so for example, he uh, there's somebody who who could do. But then you look at the the, the Blues loose loose You go, well, where's he going to get game time? It's just, um, but maybe he's been promised. So I don't know uh, to, to come out to the Blues. I we'll have to wait and well, see. Well, one player I'm I'm also curious about because we saw him running around uh, for the Bay of Plenty Steamers last year, and he's a mountain of, of a man as uh, Pasilio Tossi. Um, I'll be really curious to see what sort of shape this big big guy is. But I, boy, I could remember him steamrolling his way down the field on a, on a few occasions during the uh, Bunnings NPC last year. So no, it's it, it sort of um, it's sort of exciting exciting times. But somewhere in there, I'm pretty sure there will be one or two rookies that that come through. Paul, but I, I was going to say we'd be remiss of us not to mention the um, Moana Pacifica. As, as well, because they've got some uh, talented young guys in their squad. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, they've they will definitely have some <laughs> some talented boys um, who uh, who come through. I'm just trying to find their um, their squad um, yeah. there on that one. Um, but well, yeah. uh, any, any players that uh, spring to mind? Yeah, I think D'Angelo uh, uh, Leo Ela. It was so impressive for for Waikato last year. I think he can probably only. Um, I, I think he can probably only go up in his stakes, if you know what I mean, and, and show show what he's got. Um, the problem for the likes of himself and also Lincoln McClutchy, they're going to be operating behind a pick that's going to going to probably struggle. You've got to say a lot in 2022, but um, I'm pretty sure they'll they'll um, they'll still get an opportunity to showcase their talents. Yeah, and also whether he actually gets to. I mean, he he's a uh, an injury replacement. He's a wider training squad player. I don't even know if he's gone down to um, uh, to Queenstown or not. So whether he'll be he'll get the opportunity from that point of view. Um, again, got to get past. Um, uh, actually, William Havili, 
is the player that might uh, that might do well. I listened to his, his uh, he was on the What's a Lad, pardon me, podcast. Um, so it's great to hear him. Um, uh, listen to him talk uh, and how basically he's gone and got his builder's apprenticeship already uh, and was doing that and seems to have his head screwed on um, very well. So there's a young lad that that, that, uh, um, that could come through. But basically, uh, you'll probably see him more at fullback, but he's actually a 10. Uh, that's where he wants to, uh, that's where he sees himself playing. But obviously with Christian Lilo Alfano and also the fact of just running a, a super rugby squad from 10 takes experience. Um, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, he's someone that would, uh, that, uh, that that might be fun to, to, to keep an eye on as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it'd be remiss of us to not, not mention uh, Tomosi uh, Tavatava Nawai. We saw him pretty, we saw him do some pretty amazing things for uh, the Tasman Marco in 2021. Yeah. So I reckon he's one to watch as well. He was the player I was thinking of earlier when I said, is he from Tasman? Yes, that's who. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, and look, now there's a kid who um, you look at him and you see him play initially and you think, wow, yeah, great ball carrier uh, and, um, and 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 great uh, and, and got, got speed, power, pace and, and, and swerve. And then you hear about how he, and then you watch another game and go, wow, he's fantastic under the high ball. But he wasn't a few weeks ago. Why? He's gone away and worked on it. So, yeah, seems to have, again, another player seems to really have his head screwed on, have a real good attitude, uh, and um, and has gone and, uh, yeah, uh, figures out what he needs to train on and trains the house down until he gets it right. So, yeah, as you say, yeah, uh, a player with a fantastic future um, ahead of him. Um, so, uh I was going to talk about Six Nations, but I think first off, before we get there, because we're running out of time, I want to go through a couple of those questions we had um, from um, on the old Twitter. Um, so uh, Richard um, goes and says, uh, um, how on God's green earth did New Zealand rugby pull the trigger and re-sign Mr. Foster after a couple of wins versus a scrubby Australian team? Remember, this is his words, not mine. Um, plus splitting the test with the box before the Northern Hemisphere tests were played. So nutty. That's the question. Abysmal two years. Well, I think it's uh, quite clear um, where he's coming from. Is, uh, is <laughs> he, he thinks it was a mistake to, um, to re-sign Ian Foster uh, on that one. Now, look, folks, Ian Foster was given t- a two-year contract after the Rugby World Cup. Now, whether you think he should have got it or not, let's be honest, uh, he, he was... Uh, uh, he was always anointed, and it was always he, he, he was always going to get it. You then give him a COVID season um, and uh, a, a interrupted season, uh, essentially, and you go, well, you've not had any opportunity to prove what you can do. Um, and also, we're in a transition for the squad, even though we're not going to admit it. Uh, transitional squad, no um, uh, COVID interrupted, so lack of game time. He had to be given an extension because he hadn't been given a fair crack of the whip at the end of the day. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like it, but um, to be fair on the fella, that, that, that's what he had to be given. And to be fair on him, look, he has brought players through like Akiri Wani. He's This year will probably tell a few tales or two if there's any sort of improvement in the side. And uh, the biggest challenge you can have is playing South Africa and South Africa. And of course, two tests coming up in August are, are going to be huge. This, this is prop, those are two tests that I believe that are going to define Ian, Ian Foster. If he comes on the right, comes out on the right side of the ledger, um, then you could 
arguably say, well, he deserves to be locked in uh, for the for the next test. It's important that we actually talk about Six Nations because I think we should talk about probably currently the best team in the world at the moment. They're, they're setting the benchmark. But I think for Ian Foster, it's... We need to see improvement, Paul. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Whether the New Zealand Rugby Union will have either the fortitude or guts to make a change, I'm not so sure. Um, so, folks, I think what basically what Stephen's saying is that we're going to overrun by uh, by about 20 minutes, half an hour. So do um, strap yourselves in for that Six Nations stuff. Um, but before they even get to South Africa, he's still he's, he's got to get revenge on Ireland, who are coming here for three tests. Now, Ireland have never yep. won a game here. Oh. But, um, but they beat the All Blacks in November. So, uh, look, even before he gets to um, South Africa, he has got, as you say, at least those five big games. I'm not, I don't know who they've got in November. Um, so, yeah, so he's got some real big games this year that are going to, as you say, define his, uh, his, his time here. Yeah. Listen, Ireland, they had a hiccup the weekend, but on saying that, they are a very, very good team. They're very well coached. They play within their, within their structures, play very, very well. Um, I think the challenge for them will be to come over here. And it, I think even if they pick up one test win, Paul, I think that's a success. Oh, totally. They've never won in New Zealand. To yep. win in New Zealand, just one of those three. Uh, and oh. I can see them doing it if oh. they have Johnny Sexton fit uh, yep. and, and, there are other, and other players as well. But he he is their biggest – he is their, um, the, the player after whom the biggest drop-off happens because the next guy has got no experience. Um, so yeah, so it's, uh, um, but yeah, so there are a number yeah. of big games. If he loses to, to lose those two games on tour was massive. If he loses to Ireland at home for the first time ever, boy, oh boy, the hounds will be out for him. Oh, listen, if he loses, if he loses, a, if he drops a test to Australia, the hounds will be out. If he loses to Ireland, if he loses two in South Africa, um, and then end of season tour, um, they've got a test, I think against England. Yep. At the end of the end, end of the year, is, is that correct? So once yeah, again, it's it's another tough tough season. In fact, you could arguably say it's actually tougher than it was in twenty twenty one. Yep, uh, I think so. Yeah, because uh, yeah, if he gets if he gets, if he gets another France um, up, up there as well. Um, so uh, we'll just quickly um, have uh, uh, so Craig has given us a couple of questions. Um, he says, "What are the state of New Zealand union?" Um, will the New Zealand Super Rugby province teams re um, relocate to Australia for a stint? Who knows? Uh, look, it's the the one thing we have seen here, and the one thing we've heard consistently from the head coaches of the Super Rugby franchises is these games have to be played, and they will move heaven and earth. And if it means relocating to Australia, then it means relocating to Australia. Um, so yes, if they can't travel backwards or forwards, I think they will do. Um, what initiatives are the administrators of the 3.2 billion New Zealand dollars um, rugby union put in to see improve attendance, or is it old? If we win, they will come. It's if they win, they will come. I've not seen any initiatives by any of the teams um, to increase fans, um, and um, even Moana Pacific I think are going to struggle uh, to fill that stadium. When I think about how the uh, Thomas versus Samoa game was uh, only about a tenth yeah. full. Um, you know, and the other part of the equation we should throw in, you know, obviously the the modelers basically said we were going to end up with a lot of cases, and that seems to be the way that it's it, it's trending at the moment. So, really and truthfully, if you've got a lot of cases, uh, people really want want to go and sit by a whole lot of other people at a game of footy. I don't think so. 
No, um, luckily, I get media pass. I get to sit next to very few people in the media box because not much media turn up. Um, and then finally, uh, well, my Rana Fisker finish, finish, finish in the New Zealand overall table. Look, they're going to come last in the New Zealand table. And because they have more games against New Zealand teams than uh, Australian teams, and they're going to go into those Australian teams having lost nearly all um, of their, or having lost all of their games going into it. Uh, look, Rana Fisker are probably going to finish last or second to last in the table. Oh, it's going to be a tough season for them. Yeah, yeah. This is just toes in the water season, Paul. We've yeah. we've actually, we've actually said that before. You know, just just remember they got their license in July last year. They had four months to put a piece of team together with non-contracted Pacific Island players. Probably hindsight's a wonderful thing, but they maybe should have got in a, a South Africa a big South African couple of South African tight head props just to basically give them a. A, a, a stable front row, but you know, on the on the other hand, there would have been the people that we would have turned around and says, "Oh, I thought this was supposed to be a predominantly Pacific Island side." But you know, if you want to be a, a, a competitive franchise, the game starts up front, and that's the unfortunately, that's going to be their nemesis throughout the entire season. Unfortunately, yeah. Just before the show, I listened to um, uh, Ricardo's uh, show about and he had his had his one um, expert go through and name the twenty three. And he, he was looking at going, I'm not really sure who the locks are going to be. <laughs> and we've said from the start, lock lock is going to be their big problem. Um, yeah, they could have done with hiring a couple of big South African locks. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely. At least somebody with, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with experience. You know, because at the end of the day, yes, it was d- designed for Pacific Island rugby, but you've still got to have some, you know, some hardened professionals in there who, and, you know, it's only, it's only a short-term thing. Yep. Um, so, um, uh, someone said that uh, someone says three games, three wins would be good for someone. Three game with three wins would be fantastic for them. Um, apparently, the Chiefs won five in there, and, and look, the Chiefs had a, uh, a a Curry Cup team and a history behind it. Uh, Pacifica didn't have that grounding or, or that that base to work off. So, look, it's different. Uh, it's apples and oranges. So, let's move on then. Six Nations, Stephen. First up, Wales versus Scotland uh, in a tight one. Uh, finished 20-17, to 17, Wales getting the win over Scotland. Wales coming off the back of a drubbing by Ireland. Scotland coming off the back of that win, uh, winning the um, Calcutta Cup against England. I thought Scotland could, could edge this one, um, but it just went the other way. Scotland still struggling to do it outside of uh, Murrayfield. Wales really turned up for this one and uh, had some passion and uh, pride to restore. Yeah, how can I explain this one, Paul? Um, I think it. I, I think what it was, it was a game that was played with. They obviously had the roof open. There was a bit of precipitation, and it basically meant the game was played between the two twenty twos for the for 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 a good for a good part of it. And it really came down to whoever made the least 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 mistakes in just outside their red zone. And unfortunately for Scotland, they 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 made all the mistakes. Although I've got to say that the, the they scored the best try of the game. There were only two tries, but uh, it was a very good try from a very good uh, cutout pass. And, and boy, a good finish from Darcy Graham. I think when um, uh, Reece Zemmett looks back at uh, that defensive effort, it probably uh, something he'd rather forget. Yeah, I, and again, it's one of those situations where he has just, uh, he just has got to trust his inside defence and go, you are not scoring between me and that try, uh, me and that sideline, 
Uh, if you score inside me, that's fine because that's where the cover defence should be. But you are not going between me and that sideline. Too many players think that they can defend more space than they can and give too much space on the outside. And that's just what he did uh, on that one. So, um, but yeah, um, great, really good finish by Darcy Graham. Somebody slips under the radar with people like Josh Adams around. Uh, and perhaps I think it's better than than, than he's given credit for. Um, so good to see him, see him get that try. Uh, I must admit, when um, Dan Bigger knocked over that drop goal, I did think, what's he doing? You've got advantage. Um, go for the try. You can always go back and get the penalty anyway. But hey, he wanted the lead. He knocked it over. Um, he was playing injured. Uh, and um, and they got themselves uh, just enough far, just enough ahead. As you say, a bit of an error-strewn game, but a fun game to watch. Um, both sides, oh, actually more Scotland, so kicking balls out on the full, um, but handling, uh, yeah, just could, could have been, could definitely could have been better. Yeah, better. Um, yeah, I think I think the better team won at the end of the day, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the big difference for, difference was Scotland's pack isn't as brutal as Ireland's pack at the end of the day, and therefore Wales had more time and effort to, to play. I just, I just wonder if Gregor Townsend also made a, a little bit of mistake, whether it's done, was done by hook or crook or injury. I know he changed his whole front row from the the, the previous week before, and um, and and obviously, you know, when you when you're playing a test the following week, you've got to freshen your team. But I just wonder, in hindsight, if there were too many changes. Yeah, maybe, and also um, losing Richie, um, the, uh, the number six to injury as well, is a big, big loss um, for them. Uh, was their captain on one of the tours? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I was impressed with their number eight, though. Ferguson is a mm. very good carrier of the ball. Yep, yep. Now they've got some really good players. Um, that was followed up by one of the one of the clashes of the year. At the end of the day, um, look, France beats uh, France beat the All Blacks in November. Ireland as well. You've got, so you've got two sides coming off the back of that. Both of them had uh, won their opening games in Six Nation. This should have been a round five game. This should not have been around two game because this was a decider for the Six Nations, put, put bluntly, uh, unfortunately. Um, this, along with, as you say, the All Blacks, um, perhaps in South Africa, Ireland here against the, against the All Blacks. This is, those, those are the, and perhaps England, Ireland, England, Nova, um, England um, All Blacks in Twickenham. This is one of the big games of the year um, for me. The fact that it's happened so early means we've not built up to it properly and it hasn't got the... I don't know all, all the razzmatazz or all the attention it should have done, but boy oh boy, France came out um, and showed their power <laughs> and really bashed up Ireland uh, yeah. in this one. Nineteen uh, seven at half time, and they look they look comfortable. Paul, uh, I, I think I sent you a, a message. Despite Ireland Ireland coming back, I always felt that France just had this game. At, at hand, but I, I'll tell you what, it also showed what a lot of character that Ireland has got as well. I think they, what, what were they down by? About 20, 21 7, I think it was. So, no, at, 20, 22 7 soon after half time. Because France, not only did they go in with that five, with that, sorry, with that some 12 point lead at half time, but they also scored first after half time. You think, wow, if they put the first score on, this is going to get messy. But Ireland, as you say, came right back into it. Yeah, exactly. The way that it started, I mean, say so France up ten nil after after six minutes after after Dupont, and boy, he just showed you've got to be on your guard against 
this 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 particular guy, but the way that um, uh, Intermac just threaded the pass back on the inside just showed that he's an absolute. Those two halves are right on top of their games at the moment, and probably the best two halves in world rugby at the moment. And uh, of course, in Jamine, well. Does the guy ever miss kicks, Paul? He's just on song, no matter where he is on the paddock. Yep, um, absolutely. And uh, he's, he's doing very well. And um, for people who are um, playing uh, fancy draft, uh, Jaminet is a is, is, is one of them. They probably, uh, probably went for Intermac thinking he'll be kicking penalties. But boy, oh boy, uh, Jaminet's bringing you lots of points. And he's <laughs> and as a fullback, uh, yeah, he's a big guy that you need in your fantasy team if you're doing that, folks. Um, I mean, so, some some things here. I mean, Ireland um, had five lions on the bench and had more caps on the bench than they had in their starting fifteen. Um, I mean, the depth they've got now is uh, is is fantastic. I mean, that kind of that kind of experience is, is is nuts. France though had four players on their bench over 120 kgs. Then that's just when that comes off the bench and smashes you. Uh, I'm not sure that's really fair. Um, but France are doing what um, South Africa did, the 6-2 bench. Um, so my question to you, Stephen, should we go back to 22-man matchday squads, but you still have to have two props and a hooker in your reserves? Oh, that's a good, <laughs> it's a, that's a heck, of a heck of a good question. I reckon we should. I reckon we should go back to 20, 22 men uh, squads and then it'll put a lot more emphasis on coaches on how they manage that bench as opposed to having guys coming on at selected times of the game. Yeah, A, you manage, manage that bench. Um, B, uh, your players have to be conditioned more because more players have to play the full 80. Um, oh. so, uh, uh, so you're not bringing on such big wrecking balls yeah. Um, just for just for just for twenty minutes this, at the end. This game never lost its intensity. I suppose mm. if Ireland will look back at this game, and if you compare this game to when they played the All Blacks um, last year, where they were they were probably nigh on error free. You know, if they if they made one or two mistakes in that particular game, I missed it. Unfortunately, in this game, they actually put passes down. The passes weren't quite accurate, but I think you should put more credit towards the French defence. Um, they just seem to basically flood areas like, uh, for example, there was a, every time if you watch somebody like Bundy Aki, he didn't always go into contact. He would always pass very late, but on, on two occasions, the ball carrier actually, Ringrose got smashed and lost the ball. Yep. And um, that was a real error and they were they were punished not 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 so much in and basically points taken but they were just punished in terms of field position and then they had to start all over again there was a time pool where the game actually started when it did settle it was played between the two uh 22s and it just showed you both teams were were confident to stick with their systems dupont and um and also gibson park going with the high kicks high kick game to gain territory and position yeah, look, this again. Um, where did where did France win this game? France won this game in the last twenty, right? Because as you say, Ireland came back to 21, 20, 22, 21. Historically, French teams just then ran out of puff, um, but they don't anymore. Their their conditioning is so much better. They they're catching up with the other with the other world with the other other um, uh, with the other nations. Again, Ireland 
when they win games, tend to have had the lower penalty count. In this one, it was slightly above. France with seven, Ireland with ten. Not a lot. I mean, still acceptable numbers, just about, but they still gave away more. And if you say error-free rugby is where Ireland wins. They didn't do that. Um, and Wales, uh, sorry, um, France's powerful forwards forced them to make those mistakes. Yeah, an interesting, an interesting comment that was brought up by the the commentator. Apparently, the French team has been training with the French. Foreign legion, so, uh, so I would imagine they're being well and truly put through their paces um, when they're in with that particular mob. So it just goes to show you are dead right. They're fit, and that's not the that's not the first time we've actually seen them finish like that. You think back to that that All Black game once again, very very similar. The All Blacks fought their way back into the game, and that French team just finished over the top of the All Blacks in that particular encounter. Yep. Um, so it's a crack, cracking team. Uh, look, Italy lost to England. 0-33. I've not seen that game, um, so I can't really comment on it. Uh, a result that we kind of expected. Uh, I'm not, but I don't know what the performance was like, so I've not seen the game. So, uh, and let's. I thought, I thought, I thought it was, um, Italy were much better against France than they have been for a number for, for a number of years. So they're heading in the right direction. Let's hope they manage to put in another good performance. I don't. I said I've not seen it. Yeah, they just seem to. Uh, I, I sort of. Um, I think England were leading twenty-one 0 at half time, and I see Italy just conceded a, a, a try to Jamie George right on half time, and which was converted by Marcus Smith, which took them out to twenty-one nil. You know that's something that's something that Italian. If you look look at the way this Italian team plays, they always concede like they'll put in a good strong effort for the first 35, 36 minutes, but they'll always concede right on half time. I think they've just got to learn to stay in the fight. And um, I actually thought they might have gained a little bit of inspiration by their under-20s who created their own bit of history by knocking over England by six points to nil. I didn't think those score lines <laughs> were, po- were, were, were possible anymore, Paul, but they are. And um, I actually saw the highlights of that game. Yes, there were some highlights in that 6 nil. Uh, victory and just looking at some of those highlights, they probably should have won by a lot, a lot more. A couple of um, very kickable penalties were were, were missed. And um, listen, that's a little, that's something to hold on to, at least for Italian rugby. But um, unfortunately, that's loss number thirty-four in in a in a row for the Azzurri. And um, yeah, like they, they, they play with a bit, bit of character, but they're just going to learn how to stay in fights. Yeah, look, the under twenties are doing well, uh, which 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 uh, is is good for the future of Italian rugby. Um, I think they've they've finally. Uh, I mean, people like um, the work that Conor O'Shea did uh, at uh, grassroots and, and at building the base uh, are coming to bear fruit now. Um, shame that he moved on and isn't still there as a director of rugby. He would have been fantastic, I think, to to have kept him um, in that one. Uh, Simon says he does not think the French will um, win the Grand Slam. He'll think he'll lose in either Cardiff or in Edinburgh. Well, yes. Um, France did win the last time they were in Edinburgh, but before that it was 2014, the last time it was that they lost, they won there. So, yeah, France, uh, uh, Scotland in um, Murrayfield are a bogey team for France. So, uh, next week, uh, not next weekend, weekend after next, in the next round, uh, will be interesting to see. I, I, you know what, I, I disagree with that because I think they've got genuine class in the halves at the moment, and I think there's a, I think there's a real, real belief that I don't think there's any fear in this French French team. You know, once upon a time they were that side that you know if you played them in Paris, 
they were quite capable of of beating an England Wales. Didn't really matter who was who was the top dog at the, at the time. But I don't. I actually think they're a, they're a, they're a team that's more than capable um, in their own ability of going away and and winning away from home. Paul, something I just looked at again in that England uh, Italian game. I see England scored in the fifth minute just after half time and actually didn't score again until the 74th minute so once again it just it just demonstrates um with this italian team maybe it's 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 a case where they lose concentration for a, a little period of time if they can just stay stay in the fight a little bit more in these games i'm not sure if you're going to see a winning performance against an england but man Staying in the fight and keeping the score close, strange things happen in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, and unfortunately they're having to travel to um, the Millennium Stadium to Cardiff because I think um, if they were hosting Wales, uh, they'd be in with a shout uh, uh, in in that game. Uh, I think Scotland probably do have too much for them, uh, but I think Wales at home could have been a, could have been an interesting one for Italy. Uh, but uh, having to tra- travel to, to Ireland, travel to Cardiff, yeah, I can't see them picking up a win this year. So, thank you everybody who has uh, joined us on the Driving More Show. Thank you, Stephen, for uh, uh, joining me as well. That's two weeks on the trot. Wow, he's becoming—he's getting back into it. He's had his off-season. He's coming back refreshed and revitalised. Um, you can see all the hard work he's been putting in, uh, and uh, it's great to see uh, that, that he's been doing his—he's uh, been doing his hill runs, uh, etc. No, there's no extra fats to run off um, in pre-season for uh, uh, <laughs> in. Uh, from, from from Mr. Harris, he's straight back in there. So uh, yeah, yeah, great yeah. to have you back, and uh, thank you for joining me. Yeah, no, good to be back, and you might even have to put me back in the rugby chat as well. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all I'm all fired up for the season. All fired up for the season. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, and uh, folks, um, look, the season does kick off this weekend. Um, the, uh, the the year has started. Um, I've been revitalised uh, around uh, or felt, felt revitalised these last two weeks, um, and. Uh, can't wait for it to, to crack on. So um, do uh, follow me at Driving Mall on Twitter. Uh, we can have a chat during games as well. Uh, and um, let's uh, enjoy our opening round of Super Rugby. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 